Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler. I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone. And today we are in week 45 of our journey through the Heidelberg Catechism. Today I'm going to be talking to you about questions 116 through 119. And this week's questions are all aimed at the Christian's prayer life. Um, Question 116 says this, Why do Christians need to pray? And then the answer comes, because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness God requires of us, and also because God gives His grace and Holy Spirit only to those who pray continually and groan inwardly, asking God for these gifts and thanking Him for them. Now, this particular answer gets uh, right back to the heart of what we're doing. We are in the gratitude section of the Catechism, and we need to remind ourselves that we've arrived at this point only because we've already traveled through the guilt and grace sections. You know, we started out the year of 2019 by opening the first pages of the Heidelberg and learning that the greatest problem facing humanity is not a political one. It's not a financial one, nor is it a social one. Our greatest problem is a spiritual problem. We live in a natural state of sin and misery. And God has graciously revealed to us that the root of all that has gone wrong in the world is the separation that exists between us and God, between the Creator and His creatures. We have sinned, and our sin debt sets us at odds with our holy God. But God's mercy is greater than our sin. In Christ, God has poured out grace to cover our sin. On the cross, Jesus paid our debt and has ransomed us from our guilt and into relationship with God. Once we were far off, but now by the blood of Christ, we have been brought near to God. And so by faith in Christ, we now have a relationship with God and prayer is a key component in that relationship. So it's really important that we understand that whole trajectory and how we've arrived where we are. And and prayer is not a means of, of getting into that relationship. Prayer is a means of enjoying the relationship that has been established by the grace of Christ. In prayer, we express our gratitude for God's love and His grace. In prayer, we ask God for forgiveness and wisdom and strength and cleansing and help. In prayer, we seek the comfort and guidance of the Holy Spirit. In prayer, we talk to our Heavenly Father. And most of us know this. Most of us have been taught this. We've, we've, learned, we've heard sermons about this. We've read books about this. We've done lessons on this. Most of us know all of this about prayer, but at the same time, most of us still struggle with prayer. In his book, A Praying Life, Paul Miller asks us to imagine a trip to a prayer therapist who is going to help us with our prayer struggles. And the therapist begins the session by asking us to describe what it means to be a child of God. And now I'm going to quote from Paul Miller. You reply that it means that you have complete access to your Heavenly Father through Jesus. You have true intimacy based on not how good you are, but based on the goodness of Jesus. Not only that, but Jesus is your brother. You are a fellow heir with him. And the therapist smiles and says, that's all right. You've done a wonderful job describing the doctrine of sonship. Now, tell me what it is like for you to be with your heavenly father. What is it like to talk with him? 
And then we cautiously tell the therapist how difficult it is to be in your father's presence, even for a couple of minutes. Our mind wanders. You aren't sure what to say. You wonder, does prayer make any difference? Is God even there? And then you feel guilty for your doubts and you just give up. And then your prayer therapist tells you what you already suspect to be true, that your relationship with your heavenly father is dysfunctional. You talk as if you have an intimate relationship, but you don't. Theoretically, it's close. Practically, it is distant. And you need help. Now, now I think we all need help in the area of prayer. So let's see what the Heidelberg has to say that might help us. Let's look at question 117. How does God want us to pray so that he will listen to us? And the answer is this. First, we must pray from the heart to no other than the one true God who has revealed himself in his word, asking for everything he has commanded us to ask for. Second, we must acknowledge our need and misery, hiding nothing and humbling ourselves in his majestic presence. Third, we must rest on this unshakable foundation. Even though we do not deserve it, God will surely listen to our prayer because of Christ our Lord. This is what he has promised us in his word. Now, this is, a, this is an amazing answer. It's an incredibly thorough answer. And every line, every detail has something to teach us. And not just something to teach us, but something that we need to feel that's going to motivate uh, our prayers to the Father. And let me encourage you to take time to go through this answer, this question and answer, line by line, and meditate on the instructions that are found here. We could spend the rest of our time in this devotion teasing out all of the points mentioned right here. But... For the purpose of this devotion, I'm just going to offer a summary, a little bit of a summary and some thoughts about this answer. First, our prayer should be directed by Scripture. When it says that we must pray from the heart to no other than the one true God who has revealed himself, it's telling us that our prayer should be guided by and directed by what we learn and what we know about God and ourselves from the Scriptures. Our prayer should be directed by Scripture. Uh, our minds need to be filled with God's Word, and our hearts need to understand and overflow with, um, by well, be, uh, overflow with a sense of we're relating to the God that we're reading about. We're relating to the God who's revealed Himself. The, the first part of this answer assumes that the person praying has a thorough grasp of biblical truth. God isn't interested in vain, repetitious, or arrogant prayer. He is God, and the way we approach Him needs to be informed by what the Bible teaches us about Him. And so prayer is not something that you just pick up and start um, on your own, irrespective of any other instruction. No, prayer needs to have some guidance, some direction. You need some handlebars uh, for prayer, and the Scriptures are those handlebars. The scriptures should be guiding and directing our prayers. Secondly, um, our prayers should be from a heart that remembers our guilt and God's grace. Right? That's Second, we must acknowledge our need and misery, the Heidelberg says, hiding nothing and humbling ourselves in His majestic presence. We need to remember who God is and we need to remember who we are. We are the ones facing sin and misery, not God. God is not obligated to do anything for us. God is not obligated to give us anything. He's not even obligated to listen to our plea for help. But He does because He is majestic and gracious. And we need to remember that, and it needs to fuel our prayers. And then third, our prayers should be motivated by the confidence that we have through Christ. 
The third answer is we must rest on this unshakable foundation that even though we do not deserve it, God will surely listen to our prayer because of Christ our Lord. You know, we don't come to God in prayer on our own. We come through the blood and, uh, and, and mediation of Jesus. It is because of Him that we have a relationship to God, and this knowledge should guide and motivate us to prayer. And so our prayers should take these things, all of these things, and, and so much more into consideration. Our prayer should be directed by Scripture from a heart that remembers our guilt and God's grace and should be motivated by the confidence that we have through Christ. Now, let's look at question 118. What did God command us to pray for? And the answer, everything we need, both spiritually and physically, as embraced in the prayer Christ our Lord himself taught us. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never really gotten over the fact that Jesus told his disciples uh, that the reason they don't have certain things is because they have failed to ask for those things. He says, you have not because you have asked not. He also said that, that we... You don't have certain things because we've asked with the wrong motives, meaning that we simply ask for things because we have a desire to satisfy some fleshly appetite, not a spiritual one, not one that's guided by Scripture. So we don't have because we don't ask, and we don't uh, have sometimes because we ask with impure, sinful motives. And all of this, and, and the Catechism, is aimed to help us realize well, not only do we need our, our prayers to be guided by Scripture, but we need to understand that there's a particular posture for prayer. We are helpless children, and our God is a wise and loving and generous Father. We come to Him with every need that we can think of, and when we run out of things, we look to Him and we look to His Word to help us grasp what our true needs are. And we ask for those as well. Too many of us take for granted uh, that prayer, right? And, and we don't pray. Too many of us treat prayer like it's an unimportant thing, and therefore we don't pray the way God tells us to. Too many of us pray selfishly and get frustrated when we don't get what we want. But, but here's the reality. Now that we have a relationship with God through Jesus, our prayer should be shaped by that father-child relationship. We should pray with a sense of our Father's gracious presence. We should pray with the knowledge of His fatherly generosity. We should pray with our mind on His kingdom and how He wants us to live in this world. That's kind of how I would summarize the way Jesus teaches us to pray um, in, in the Lord's Prayer, right? Um, the Lord's Prayer is summarized for us in the answer to question 19. In question 119, what is the, the prayer that the Lord calls us to pray? It's our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, this is a prayer we all know. This is the model prayer. And in this model prayer, Jesus wants us to pray sincerely, humbly, confidently. He wants us to pray with His saving grace as fuel. In fact, we can't come to God as our Father unless we come through Jesus, through the fountain of flowing grace. Uh, but by faith in Christ, we come and we pray. And He wants us to pray from the heart as well as from the head. 
he, he doesn't want vain repetition. Uh, he's, he's already said that to us in leading up to, or actually in, in the Sermon on the Mount, in leading up to this, this prayer that he teaches us about. He's told us not to pray like the Pharisees do, not to pray like the hypocrites do, thinking that they're going to be heard for all of their repetitive babbling. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want pseudo-spiritual and hypocritical speeches. He wants honest prayer to flow from the hearts of his children to their one true Father in heaven. And that's really the essence of Christian prayer. The essence of Christian prayer is a relational communion with our Heavenly Father. And so when Jesus teaches us to pray, He tells us to approach God with love as a son or a daughter would approach their father. He begins uh, to teach us about prayer by saying that we pray our Father. Now, how does a child talk with their father? Well, if you, if you come to church, you, you see this all the time. You see, we have kids everywhere. It's wonderful. We've been blessed with many healthy children. Um, and, and when you see moms talking to their kids and dads talking to their kids, the kind of conversation that we see is a loud conversation. It's a bold conversation. Kids are often unashamed. They are desperate to get out what it is that they want or what it is they need. And they have no regard for decorum. They don't care who's in the room. They don't care how many people are in the room. They don't care how loud they are. They will interrupt you in a second if they have a need or a want or even an idea. Big words never enter into that conversation. Feeling, emotion, and desperation always do. And that should be how our prayers are with the Father. There should be this knowledgeable, humble, relational dynamic of a father hearing from his children. Paul Miller, again, in his book on a praying life, he says, being a child in prayer means that we just come. Children aren't tied up in all the details. They just come to their parents. Jesus invites those of us who are weary and heavy laden to come to him. He doesn't call the organized and fixed up. He calls the broken. Why do we forget that when it comes to prayer, the dirty, the imperfect, the broken you is the real you? Don't try to put on a spiritual facade in prayer. You can talk to God about whatever is on your heart. So just come as you are. Be weak. Be open in prayer before God. And in this way, you are remembering and applying the gospel to your prayer life. We need to learn helplessness. This is what a child reflects. This is what the parent-child relationship reflects. So don't come to God pretending to be something or someone that you're not. He can see straight through that. But come as you are. Come open to God, understanding that your, uh, your greatest need is His saving grace. Repent of your sin, confess your sin, and receive Jesus' love and mercy and grace. And when you come to the Father through Him, bowing down in prayer, you will find all the love you will ever need. So come broken before God and find compassion. Come needy and find His supply. Come confused and find His wisdom. That's what prayer is all about. Now, I really appreciate you joining me today to learn about prayer. Next week, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the Lord's Prayer. That's why I haven't gone into it with any depth today. Uh, we're just setting the, the groundwork, setting up a framework for understanding. Now, next week, we're going to learn what it means to pray our Father. We're going to learn what it means to pray His will be done. And so we're going to continue to study and dig deeper into the Lord's Prayer in the weeks to come. And I hope that you will join me for that discussion as we look at Lord's Day 46 and question 120 and 121. Now, if you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. 
You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at CBC Wiley. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cornerstone Wiley. And you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play or whatever your favorite podcast catcher is so that you can stay up to date on all the new content. Thank you so much for listening.